When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Back with you, it's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio Weekend, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Mark Cranach is on assignment. He was pretty fired up about uh, the volley camp, volleyball camp his little girl's going to this morning. So we're uh, tipping the camp to Cranach uh, being a good papa this morning. Well, whenever you're, uh, you're, more, in. Whenever you're more fired up about a volleyball camp than the fullback coming back, you know it's serious. So respect to Mark Cranach. Well, right now, Cranach is just nodding in approval with a cup of coffee probably right now, thinking of a fullback uh, dive that uh, Coach Satterfield, in an ode to Nebraska football toughness, called way back in 2011. Uh, if you look at that uh, that first matchup, we welcome in the managing editor with HaleVarsity.com and magazine, Brandon Vogel. Get your subscription digitally. Get your subscription to the magazine, HaleVarsity.com backslash offer. Uh, offer is where you go. Vogues is in his football office, can watch the show as well as listen on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel and the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter handle at HVarsity Radio, ESPN Lincoln, Facebook, and Twitter. Before we jumped on air, Vogues, uh, Gertie the German Shepherd, uh, she doesn't get out of Junior's room for much, but she knew it was 8.06 Saturday morning, so she came out to say uh, good morning to you, Vogues, and, and also, uh, you know, kind of wag her tail uh, regarding that, that fullback uh, dive that, that Coach Satterfield called. Man, if we do the math, what, 12 years ago now? How are you this morning? I'm doing well. Uh, first, Guten Morgen, uh, Gertie. Appreciate, appreciate you coming out. <laughs> uh, yeah, fullback, fullback's back. I uh, don't know who that person is yet on this uh, Nebraska roster, but uh, you got some time to find somebody, I suppose. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're going to use a fullback uh, once we find a fullback, right? So we were kind of shooting that around yesterday. We are talking with Jacob Padilla. I was like, okay, sweet. The fullback's going to be used, but uh, – is Ben Miles coming back? Does he have some eligibility? <laughs> I, I think uh, the most. I saw Ben Miles on a. <laughs> go for it, Mo. Go ahead, Elijah. No, no, please, please. Floor is yours. No, you saw, I saw, you saw Ben, ben Miles signing on an old Nebraska recruiting recruiting list, and I was like, oh, those those were the the all too brief days. Uh, the time that Les Miles' son was a was a Cornhusker. Well, I remember actually. Uh, I didn't bring this up yesterday, but on my new student enrollment day at UNL was also his first new student enrollment day. I remember seeing him and being like, well, I thought for a fullback you'd be a lot bigger. Um, that's <laughs> neither here nor there. That's just what I remember from my memory. That's like literally the only thing I remember seeing him being like, wow, he's 
shorter than me. I wasn't expecting that. Anyway, I digress. I think the most like fullback way to do it, though, to, to get your fullback for next year is to have open tryouts among the students of the University of Nebraska. Have them all line up, pads, um, three-point stands, have them go take on you know some linebacker in the hole and just whoever wins the competition is your starting fullback next year. I think that's a very fullback way to do it. And you got to have the questionnaire, as somebody was talking about yesterday, what type of beer do you drink? Do you have hunting gear in your car? Make it through all that. You can block a linebacker in the hole. Boom, you're Nebraska's next starting fullback. That, that's how you should do it. Do you drive a truck? Yeah. Do you have a neck I mean, roll or are you required required to be issued, issued one? Um, I mean, yeah, it'd be a great way to find out, you know, if some of the long-held beliefs we have about the state of Nebraska are true because if – if so, still today, there should be, you know, no shortage of ready-made fullbacks just walking around the general student body. So I agree, open tryouts. And I think I, I would really like to find out, how, you know, we, we talk about how many Husker fans are going to be at Northwestern or how many Husker fans are making a trip to Columbus. I want to know how many Husker fans would show up to open fullback tryouts. Oh, there, there'd be a line out the door. And, I mean, the resume says, okay, I wrestled three years in, in high school and, and made people cry. Um, that To your point, I, I, I do have a neck roll. And, uh, yeah, the old Oklahoma drill. I mean, we, we've watched it uh, for years where uh, it's, it's two on two and you've got a lineman, you've got a lead blocker, and you've got a ball carrier, and then you had a couple of guys on the other side of the line trying to fight through and – uh, and make that one-on-one very painful for the offensive side. But, you know, I, I want to go to the the uh, stream yard for a moment, and then Sal asks a question, and it's, it's, it's a good question. And, you know, fullbacks are big, 3-3-5s, fascinating to hear Coach White talk about it the offensive line cohesion that's that's needed but from a signal caller standpoint you've got some special quarterbacks that are going to take center stage monday uh for the for the national championship game and don't kid yourself as good as both sides of the lines and both sides of the balls are for georgia and for tcu uh what's made that that what's stirred the drink so to speak has been quarterback play and nebraska that that's a key element and when we talk about the fullback here to get to sal's question uh will that put brakes on on getting a quarterback i think quarterbacks yes they want to throw the football yes they want to be in a fun high-flying offense but i think the the common thread with your great quarterbacks is is they just kind of want to win uh above all i mean stats are great touchdown passes are wonderful uh, being the uh, the big man on campus as a stud quarterback is fantastic, but you know I think the 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 main trait Vogues is get me that win, uh, and and let's just let the offense work. I mean if you, if you're if you're really truly talking about a a mature team guy versus a me guy. Yeah, I would agree. I think it 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 shade maybe it shades nebraska away from you know a handful of probably the most true dual threat guys um satterfield you know mentioned the quarterback run game when when talking to the media yesterday which is interesting um it, you know to be honest i i caught south carolina a couple of times just on tv this season but i haven't gone back and like and watched you know for some of these like true dual threat quarterbacks and you hear this from coaches 
pretty often, actually. Like, a lot of these high school kids are, are in the shotgun full-time. So that'll be something that'll be interesting to watch, too. Uh, if Nebraska is going to go pro style, it doesn't mean you have to be under center, but I presume they'll be under center a little more than they've been in the past. Um, that might not appeal to a certain guy, but at the end of the day, like you'll be able to find, I think the quarterbacks you want. Yeah. You, you probably do limit yourself a little bit just by, by going with, with kind of a pro style approach and, and having that fullback full house backfield well Brendan am I way off base here it's a point I made up yesterday whenever we were uh, talking with Brady Oltmans and that's that how I really potentially see this going based on what I saw from Satterfield and his offenses at Baylor uh, based on what he said yesterday that you know what the Baltimore Ravens might be a, a a reasonable blueprint for what this offense wants to be where you look at they line up in the pistol but they still have a fullback in with Ricard lined up next to the quarterback they got the running back right behind and I mean Lamar Jackson he's a running quarterback he's a rushing throw but that's still a pro style offense with how they like to run the football I see that offense they, they sprinkle in some RPO action I go man is, maybe that's a, a an elevated version of what this Nebraska offense wants to become and you know what I think there's a lot of great quarterbacks out there that would run that Baltimore Ravens offense. You hand it off a lot, but you use your legs. You still show off the quarterback arm strength. And I just look at that and I go, man, multiple tight ends. It almost seems like a perfect fit for what Marcus Satterfield was talking about yesterday. Yeah, I think I think you're on the right track there, Elijah. You know, <laughs> Satterfield was very clearly passionate. Like he wasn't just talking about it because somebody asked. Like he really was passionate about about the huddle. And I, you know, enjoyed, I hadn't heard a coach talk about kind of the aspects of the the huddle, the value he sees in it. And I'm guessing that might be as much uh, the biggest kind of departure. The the thing that signifies it is quote unquote pro style, because like you mentioned, everything's so mixed up now. Like, I don't know how you could play in today's college football without coming up with some way to implement RPO um, and, and things like that. Uh, so It'll end up being, you know, a pretty good blend, I think, uh, by the time we get to to 2023 and get our first look at this offense. But it was interesting to hear it kind of laid out here at the very start. You know, I, I love that comp, Elijah, with with Baltimore because it is super unique, and it's because of of the talent of a guy like Lamar Jackson. But it shows that it's doable. Now you got to have depth. You got to stay healthy. And, and that's the trick with asking your quarterback to run. But Vogue's to go back. Can you do it? Can you be all things? First and foremost, physical on the offensive line. That's that's the uh, the box you got to check. But I I think you can do it. I think you can find a quarterback that's a willing runner that is going to stress the defense enough to have to pay attention to it Monday through Thursday in practice, but not overdo it to where, all right, is a second team or third team quarterback going to have to go win a couple of ball games? Uh, also, while being able to, to do both, you can be out of the pistol or shotgun, but you're not so foreign to under center that there's fumbled snaps. I mean, it, it just comes down to, to the appropriate amount of time, a, a drill in all of it. Yeah, I mean, the thing that so the thing that stood out to me about kind of noting that, and this was really the first time I think offense had really come up uh, as far as this rule staff was, and it was obviously our first chance to talk to Satterfield. But 
I, I didn't know coming in exactly what sort of system they would run. So going pro style says a couple of things. I think the positive piece of it, because it scratches an itch that hasn't been scratched at Nebraska for a while, is if you're going to do that, if you're going to huddle and you're going to rely, like we're going to win the line of scrimmage, we're going to run the football, like you're betting on your execution level being high enough to do those things. Um, and it's, it, you know, it, going the opposite way i guess the 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 potential negative if you were someone who is maybe like oh really we're gonna go boring old pro style instead of all this fun stuff colleges do now <laughs> uh you're probably you're not aiming to score i mean you are but you're probably not gonna put up 40 points a game that's not gonna be how you're gonna win i i think south carolina the past two years was right around 33 points middle of the pack in the sec so Going pro style, in my mind, really, really puts the emphasis on execution, which is football very broadly. Um, the team that executes the best wins. Going some of these these spread concepts or up-tempo, et cetera, often becomes a way to kind of create an advantage that, that might not be there. This puts the focus squarely, I think, on where it needs to be. Vogues, I would argue that after the past seven years, there's very few Husker fans that are going to be sitting back and saying, man, we're going back to running the football. I liked all those bells and whistles we saw over the past couple of years. I'd argue that's a little different. But speaking of getting back to old school, being physical with the quarterback, as Schmidt said, does do, do Matt Rule and Marcus Satterfield strike you as the type of coaches that are going to take off the green practice jerseys from, from the quarterbacks at the spring game and you know let those guys actually get some hits in? Is that how they strike you? Because we haven't seen that since Bo Pelini. Yeah, we haven't. And it wouldn't surprise me if they they did maybe in the game itself, but during spring practice, it wouldn't surprise mm-hmm. me if you know because they've they've got some sorting out to do with just the number of quarterbacks still on the roster there. Um, that can be a good way. You know, you're going to have a totally new install this spring offensively, so you'll be working through that as well. But this does strike me as the kind of staff that that's going to want as as good a look, as true a look as it can get in the spring. While, of course, trying to, you know, avoid injury as everybody does. Brandon Vogel, a few minutes with us this morning. Hail Varsity Radio Weekend Edition at Brandon L. Vogel's where you follow Vogue's on Twitter. Read him with HailVarsity.com and magazine. Vogue's want to go to the defensive side of the ball. And what were some impressions you had from Tony White? Uh, energy, yes. Exciting, yes. But also pretty confident and and the the gist of who we've heard from to me bud says that they're they're not like stubborn or set in stone they're they're they believe in what they want to do but i think they're pretty flexible and that is that speaks to their their confidence of to your point knowing what they want to do and and being able to execute it they're going to get the guys in position to to be able to perform what they want yeah, I found I found White to be a fun fun listen, a fun interview, um, pretty relatable coach, you know, and just our our first public access to him. Um, and I mean, the flexibility that you mentioned, they kind of hired the guy who who comes from the the defensive system meant to provide that flexibility, and I thought he did a good job, you know, talking about that. You know, you can look at the three-three-five, where it started, where it's been used, um, and and maybe have some reservations. Though maybe we're we're past that. It's, it's TCU keeps is playing for a national title this this week um, or this Monday. You know, I I get it, but 
White did a good job of talking about it. He's like, look, if we're heavy on D-line, well, there's nothing to say we can't run a four-man run. And finding that that kind of perfect nickel, they don't even know you know, where that person is yet because they haven't been able to be with the players on the field. So it's I, I'm really interested to see what happens on defense because there it feels like you know the possibilities are pretty unlimited. Vogue, are you surprised that thus far – Nebraska hasn't been hitting the, the transfer portal for defensive linemen. And I know we're still early in the transfer portal, relatively speaking, still nine months away from a season. But are you surprised with how hard they've been hitting the offensive line, at least that the, the defensive line hasn't been going hand in hand? Or is this get back to the point you made on Thursday, which is that, you know what, lines of scrimmage are a hot commodity and it's going to be fi- hard to find, you know, ready-made defensive linemen in the portal right now? Yeah, I think it's probably more of the, of the latter, though I think it's fair to say you know what you're saying essentially is you look at how many offensive linemen they've brought in as potential transfers uh and compare it to d-line there's there's a clear priority there you know elijah judy i think helps that a little bit um you have you know some players coming back who have played a decent amount of football this this past season so it might be one where they're just kind of it's not their top, top priority, but I would agree. I think it's one of those spots that I identify, you know, once we get to the post spring transfer portal uh, could be an area of emphasis for them. Vogues, I want to stay with the defensive line and you mentioned Judy and I, I look at chief coming in with, with kind of his accolades and intelligence. I mean, the guy's just brilliant uh, from a, from an academic standpoint, but man, he's got the measurables their needed impact on this defense and then the blend that you think can exist because technically i mean win wins still here right the 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 bama transfer you still have polar bear and you still have robinson i know there's been departures and defections as well with with uh, nelly which is too bad but but best wishes to him let's spend a second on that blend two of the new names from high profile stars at one point in their career going to sec schools and then also how you think a guy like robinson win uh and and the polar bear can thrive uh, under pot roast when max obviously yeah i think to, you've got to jump ch- in on this <laughs> yeah sorry about that um <laughs> yeah i think anytime you have a kind of coaching change you know it can Players like Nash Hutmacher, who are, are clearly were a recruiting priority, uh, talented player, just kind of trying to start to find their way onto the field uh, a little bit this past season. I think it's usually a really good spot for a player like that. You get a new set of eyes. You're not starting from scratch, though, in terms of what you know about playing college football and, and what it takes. So he's somebody I would look at and be pretty encouraged for. I mean, that's even true for, for Robinson. And then the other piece you mentioned, I think this does dovetail with kind of Elijah's previous point about why not more defensive interest in defensive linemen. I think they feel good about some of those those players coming in from the, the high school ranks. And, you know, that's a big ask on the D line. But this staff where they've been previously has not been afraid to go young uh, when they have those type of players. And that's something we were talking about last hour, Vogues, that. Uh, at least along the offensive line, what a departure it's been in recent years with how many true freshmen you've had starting along the offensive line, where in 2017 we're talking about Hymas being the first ever true freshman starting tackle in Nebraska history, and then since then there's been three more. And and while that 
speaks a little bit to how college football changed. It mostly speaks to what Nebraska's had along its, its offensive line. And do you think defensive line is different in that, right? Or do you think that there still needs to be some seasoning time along the defensive line for those true freshmen coming in? And it, it's a, a good thing if those guys aren't getting play time till year three, year four. Yeah, I think it's generally a, a good thing on the D-line, just like it is on the O-line, but maybe not to the to, to quite the same degree, um, it, depending on where you're at on the, the defensive line, too. I think the biggest thing with uh, playing early on, on the D-line is just being physically able to handle it. And, you know, if you're an edge guy, maybe a pass rush specialist, you can be a little bit lighter. And still, you know, if you're supremely athletic, get away with it. Um, so I think that they'll have a couple of those guys who, who might fill that role. Um, but yeah, seasoning still matters on, on the defensive line, maybe just not quite as much as the O-line. And, and that's a really interesting way to look at it, Elijah. I hadn't thought of it, but that series of how young Nebraska has been up there, um, probably not a great sign. And we've seen the results that it, it, it wasn't a great sign. Brandon Vogel, a couple minutes with us here this morning on Hale Varsity Weekend Edition. And uh, can find Brandon Vogel on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel. Vogues, I, I want to wrap with uh, some of the portal options that Nebraska's going on, uh, going after again to, to add to the, to the offensive line. Uh, Makuza from, from Baylor, uh, a lot of experience under his belt. Uh, and, of course, Walter... Rouse, the the left tackle from Stanford that was a freshman All-American, and that was his starting point and the the abilities there where he's been uh, an honorable mention All-Pac-12, but you, you've studied a lot of O-line, you've studied a lot of David Shaw and, uh, and Stanford football. Touch on, on what Rouse's addition could mean if that happens, and then also ballpark your take on just the, the likelihood of, of getting a guy like uh, Makuza if that's not already a done deal based on fireworks. Yeah. Um, I mean, Browse, you know, listed as an offensive tackle, played a lot of football at Stanford. You know, I mentioned it when we talked earlier in the week. I have a great deal of confidence in the uh, the, the level of instruction for the O-line. Uh, if you're coming from Stanford, it's, it's you know, they kind of fell off a little bit, but in recent years, but that's still uh, for a long time what, what the Cardinal was known for under David Shaw. So you're getting experience. You're getting somebody who you would expect to to come in and play right away if he if he were to to pick Nebraska. I do think Mazuka is a little bit more likely. You mentioned there's always already some, some Twitter smoke on that, but you just look at the connections. You know, he's a Philly guy uh, and then went to Baylor, uh, an Under Armour All-American as a prep player. Uh, and we'll give Nebraska some uh, some experience on the interior. You know, that you look at this O-line, and I don't think anything's really set um, in, in stone going into next year. So it's going to be uh, an interesting spring up there. Vogues, I know we said last stop. I got one more for you before we get you out, and it's completely off on a, on a different world, different tangent. But NFL, the uh, the owners agreed yesterday that there's potential for a neutral site AFC championship game should it be two teams that are tied in percentage-wise, but they uh, or had the same number of wins, excuse me, but didn't play the same number of games. So, say the Bills and the Chiefs meet in the AFC title game, uh, potential for it to be on a neutral field. And I want to get your take. If it's being played on a neutral field, where does Brandon Vogel put the AFC championship game? Um, 
Boone, North Carolina, uh, <laughs> Appalachian State Stadium is one of my one of my Beautiful. favorites. Uh, also, <laughs> also Wyoming, uh, Wyoming Football Stadium, uh, which I believe is also a Monk Memorial Stadium. I, I like stadiums in the mountains, so uh, let's put those let's put those NFL teams in a in a. We're not even going to go Memorial Stadium. You got to go G five. Dare I uh, say that's where my head's at? Dare I say Boise State on the blue turf? There we go. Uh, I, I, I like that. Um, that's that also mountains. Uh, so that, that one, we, that one works for me as well. Vogues just wants to make sure that John Dutton can get to the, uh, the AFC title <laughs> game, uh, out there in, uh, the train station country. Vogues, you taking the points, you, you're leaving the points for TCU, Georgia, before we say goodbye. Uh, last I saw, it was 12 and a half. Get a little higher than that. That's, that would be even better. And I suspect it probably will closer to kickoff. At that point, I might, might have to take the frogs and the points. All right. Folks, have yourself a weekend. Thanks for your time and, and insight this morning, bud. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. You too. There he is, Brandon Vogel, managing editor with HaleVarsity.com and magazine, HaleVarsity.com backslash offer. And uh, get a deal and get taken care of if you're a Nebraska fan with uh, incredible Big Red coverage, uh, the magazine, and, uh, of course, the digital content from all your friends at Hale Varsity. Get that subscription today. HaleVarsity.com backslash offer. The Iron Horse in the on-deck circle. Gary Sharp on the way. It's Hale Varsity weekend, and we're presented by Currency.